towards the dust Oh, why can I not come go low? And I might have thought that we were one Wanted to fight this world with our weapons And I wanted it, I wanted it back But there were so many red flags Now another one bites the dust Quickly, I'll trust no one You did not break me I am still fighting for peace But I've got thick skin and an elastic core But your blade, it might be too sharp I'm like a rubber band until you pull to her Yeah, I may snap and I move as you Howdy hobos, welcome back to 
the Hobo Safe Camp Virtual Campfire. Thank you for joining me. My name is Mark. I'll be your camp host. Uh, man, this is this little uh, experiment in internet radio has been so fun. I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk too long. I'm gonna get right to it because um, this episode of the Virtual Campfire originally aired on June fifteenth, twenty sixteen. Uh, the guest was Elizabeth K. Chambers, and it's really a great, great listen. Like like what she's been through and has overcome and transcended and lifted herself above. Like it just it's really a great example of how we can all do better <laughs> not not do better we like 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 you know when they say it, it can only get better like when you're down at the bottom when you've hit rock bottom it can only get better this is an example of how it only gets better it's she she shows us how we can take the trauma that we've endured in life and use it as fuel to elevate our own consciousness and to also help others lift themselves out of the bullshit that they get stuck into. So we're going to get right to that. First, I want to just give you a few reminders. On Sunday night, there will be a special Encore uh, broadcast of Thursday's Open Lines with Holly and Mark. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen on Thursday, you can listen on Sunday. Uh, we're going to be doing this for the next couple of weeks, airing are broadcasting live on Thursday nights uh, just for the next few weeks until my schedule settles down. And then on Monday is Monday night music. And we've got some great Monday night music, or Monday night music. I'm still calling it the old name, the Monday mixtape. And we've got some really great guests coming up in the future. Um, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be, uh, I've got another band lined up. We've got the, person who won the the Monday mixtape title contest. She's going to be on give, doing her uh, playlist. Uh, I got some, some uh, good songs lined up for you this Monday, though, so tune in on Monday. Um, I think that's about it. I'm going to just get this thing going. It's, it's a little over an hour, and um, I want you to, to uh, stay awake for the whole thing, and if I just keep talking, we're just going to go later and later into the night. So... Without any further ado, pick up that tin can telephone. You know that one, the beautiful tin can telephone that connects us, connects all of us through vibration, through sound. Elizabeth K. Chambers, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. It's you know what? Let me first off say really quick thank you because you know what? It, I think it's really incredible that you are reaching out to other people going, hey, you know what, I'm interested in your story, no matter how little it might be, or how big it might be, you know what I mean? Like, thank you for that. I think that's really great that you're doing that. Sure. You know, I, I, I've, uh, 
I just you, you hear all the same people over and over again, and it's like let's hear some new people that we never hear. So I don't even mm-hmm. care what your story is. I just want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, mine has been um, actually a pretty extraordinary journey, and um, I just recently started my blog um, a couple of weeks ago, um, which I'm reformatting and I'm kind of changing a little bit. Um, I have created an alias for myself as an author. Um, but I, I'm calling it the, my, you know, a light worker's journey, a light worker's journey. Yeah. And I've, I've had some pretty extraordinary things happen over the last couple of years. And I've been, you know, like religiously for lack of better term, okay. (laughs) Writing in a journal every day and just writing down my experiences and what's been happening to me and what's going on. And, and it's just been extraordinary. It's been amazing, cool. you know, and I'm still on this path of learning and discovering who I am, but I've also been able to identify a lot of parts of me that nobody else could identify before. Right. You know, so. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Journaling and free writing is a great way to uh, get get what's inside out <laughs> without judgment. Yeah. yeah. And. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like I keep sitting there and I and I keep asking God and I go, I go, gosh, Lord, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do here? You know, and just all of these. I had this one experience when I was 13 years old. Um, actually, I might have been 14 years old, but I was a teenager and I had gone to youth group and they had a prophet coming to the church. And this man looked at me just not in a very enlightening or good way. You know, Uh and he says to me, God's going to do something amazing with you and it's going to have to do with writing. This guy had no idea that I walked around with a journal in my hand everywhere I went writing in a notebook. You know, so for me, it was pretty profound. And I had kind of forgotten about it all of these years. You know, Uh and now it's coming back. What 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 uh, what made you remember? You know, I kept I I kept putting it out there and actually saying out loud and praying to God, you know, to help me remember who I was, because here I as a young child, I experienced a lot of um, abuse growing up. Um, Unfortunately, that seems to be the norm nowadays, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate, you know, and I wish I really just wish there was a way we could change that. But, um, you know, which led to, you know, my brother committing my oldest brother committing suicide when I was 11. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. You know, for a lot of years, I walked around and harbored the guilt of believing it was my fault because of a family member's reaction to me. Um, just the events that transpired that morning, you know, it's on my blog actually. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and it just took me a long time to, to work through that and, I'm glad, like, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy type of deal. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that I went through it because now that gives me the ability to help counsel somebody else who's going through it. Right. To help someone else not go through it. Right. But if that's our, you know, if it's already too late, I have the capability of being like, hey, I know what that's like. You know, because the one thing when, you know, us as human beings look for is somebody else who can actually relate to what we're going through because they've experienced it themselves. You know what I mean? Right. Did you have somebody there for you? Like you're able to be there for people. Was there somebody with that experience that you were able to turn to, or did you have to go through it all on your own? And now you're able to be that person that you wish you would have had. I went through it all on my own. 
Um, I refused counseling as a kid because I was like, no, I don't need counseling. I don't need your help, you know, Um, for a long time up until my late teens um, is when I actually finally started, you know, seeing a counselor and talking about things. And I just kind of I grew up in a secluded area. I grew up at a place called Lake Piru. It's in California. My grandparents owned a ranch there and we had 52 acres of land and we had this beautiful spot up on top of the ranch where we had the main flat, you know, where the house was at. And then we had the lower flat where the barn and another house was at. And then we had the flat up on top. Um, Over the last few, you know, 10 years, we've had some, some fires and unfortunately has wiped everything out. But my sanctuary was on top of this, on top of our property. So when things would get hectic and crazy and, and rough and just, I couldn't take it anymore. I would go up there and the view up there is just like you could see from, you know, from the north end all the way to the south end of the lake, the entire lake. Nice. And it was so beautiful and so pretty and so peaceful and tranquil. For me, that was like my escape. Cool. You know, and that was how I dealt with crap. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. It was cool that you had that. It was amazing that I had that actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it was kind of like my... I guess it was my saving grace. It was the the one place where nobody could take that moment from me and right. that, you know, that conversation that I had with God that day, you know, or whatever. So it was pretty great. Pretty great. That's cool. Yeah. So, and then, you know, just as I went on up in age, multiple other offenders, uh, unfortunately, um, I ended up marrying my abuser, uh, I stayed in a, a, an abusive marriage uh, for 12 years. Uh, you know, um, recently divorced. I've, I've been divorced for two years now, um, which is, you know. So, yeah, pretty recent. Yeah, which has been really the awakening of my spirituality and that aspect of it, you know, of, of my life and the, and the journey that I'm now on, that I'm realizing, okay, this is me, but what do I do with that? And I still have questions. I'm still learning. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's recent enough that you're still, you're probably just now healing to a point where like, like you think you're healing all along, but now there's probably just barely enough distance where it's like, all right, now, now what, <laughs> you know, yeah. Cause, <laughs> yeah, right, because well, finally leave it behind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, like I recently uh, relocated. So I'm kind of keeping my actual location kind of under wraps for right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> but it's finally, like, you know, turning that page and going, okay, you know what? It's time. And for whatever reason, I keep being led to share my story, to talk about what I've been through, that it's going to help somebody out there, you know, that I need uh-huh. to actually sit down and, like, write a book and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't have the qualifications for that. I didn't go to college. <laughs> I didn't go to school, you know. Oh, that doesn't I mean, mean you don't have the qualifications. I I'm... know. I, I, you know, I did. I did go to college for my associate's degree in accounting um, when I was married, um, but it very quickly turned sour. It very quickly turned into I was only going to school so that I could leave him, and kind of escalated the problems behind closed doors. So it was something that I ended up ultimately dropping. So that was a bummer. Do you do you want to talk about that relationship, or is that something you're you're beyond now? Is that 
do you think that that you have that talking about it now and would be beneficial to somebody or are you at a point now where like going back and even talking about that relationship is kind of like reliving it is it still too too soon to to talk about it objectively I am actually just getting to the point now where I can go back and I can touch basis on it and I can go, hey, this is what I went through. This is what I was experiencing. The reason, okay, my answer is going to be yes. I can go back to it and talk about it without kind of, you know, it, it rehashing old wounds because that's the part of the story that somebody out there right now is experiencing and needs to know that they can get through it and that they can, you know, that they can get out. Absolutely. Oh, you know what good. I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. For me, that's super important. You know, I didn't go through all of this for nothing. Right. <laughs> it was for a reason. And for lack of better words right now, come hell or high water, I'm going to find a way to raise awareness for domestic violence and start a foundation. Good. And, yeah. you know, it's just a matter of I've got to be in that healthy place, which I'm, I have a new beginning now. And I just got to take it one day at a time and, you know, kick myself in the ass most days, but you know, <laughs> can't win them all. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is like w- when you are down to know that you will eventually win again, <laughs> you know, even though you can't win them all, you're not, you won't lose them all either. Right. Right. Which is, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, a, I amaze myself. Oh, dang, that sounded so confused right now. <laughs> okay, wait, <laughs> that came out totally wrong. <laughs> What I was you are amazing, though, my, so you should amaze yourself. <laughs> you know, like, my on my Snap story a couple of days ago, I was struggling. I was struggling. The struggle is still very real. You know, I, I came into some things I wasn't anticipating. You know, I'd always been very strong, always been able to bounce, you know, bounce back very quickly. Uh-huh. And for... Me to now, you know, be diagnosed with anxiety and PTSD and, you know, everything else. It was just, it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This can't happen to me. I'm not, I didn't go to war. Right. Well, you did. You know? But I you did. did. I actually <laughs> yeah. did. And, you know, it's, it's, take, it's taken me a long time to actually accept that part of me. <laughs> You know, but it's still a very real struggle every now and then. And that's not anything, you know, people need to know that it, it, it is a struggle for people, you know, and it doesn't just stop. You don't just get over it, right? you know, and I think that's one of the hardest things I think to get people to understand about PTSD and anxiety is that you can't just get over it. I wish there was some magical little pill or something that you could go and take to make it better. But it's it's not going to happen. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I think a, a lot of, in you know, in kind of like the spiritual movement, and I say it a lot, too, is you have to let the past go and you have to move on and you have to leave it behind. But it comes across as like it's something that you can just do. Like, oh, well, you got to just let it go. <laughs> but it is. It's a it's a big, long process, you know? <laughs> process. And you figure it took me 12 years to get to the point where you know, my life was almost taken by the hands, you know, at the hands of a man. Right. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I'm not going to just magically be better. Right. You're working to where you eventually want, but it's like letting go of all that stuff is, is your process. Like you're in the process of that. I mean, it's clear that you, you, you have let a lot of it go, 
But of course, yeah. you're not going to just let all of it go. That's what I think that's really important. Like just you're bringing that up, just making me think that that you know, a lot of times you hear in this in the community, the spiritual community, you know, just let it go and let your past go. But it's when somebody says that, it's not like you just snap your fingers and it happens. It is. It's a long. Sometimes it's a process that never ends. You know. Right. And and you know what? From a spiritual standpoint, okay, I understand people are saying let it go, but you know what? Here's where I look at it from a different angle, and I go, wait a minute. I'm not going to let that go because that's part of who I am today. And without that experience in my life, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today. So right. who are you to tell me to let it go? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I don't know. It's not so much a, a letting it go and forgetting that it never happened, but more of a just changing the reaction, I guess, that comes from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I'm saying, like, that's how but, Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah there's all these things that that we say to make ourselves feel better and to make other people feel better but the reality of it is is it's really hard it is it's extremely hard and it you know but it can be done it can be done people are doing it all over the world you know um the part i think that has been the most revolutionary and really amazing startling scary part of it is just how how much domestic violence has grown over the last thir- you know ten years, right? And how much it is really a part of everybody's you know an, an everyday occurrence. We you know I started, why do you think that is? Well, okay, look, let's get honest. Let's get raw here for a second. This let's world do. is going to crap. <laughs> okay, this world is going yes. to crap. People are overstressed because their bosses require more of them. You know, the economy is crashing. You know, um, the dollar just simply is not worth what it is, you know, what, what it was, you know, 20 years right. ago. Right, right. And people are a lot more stressed. People, you know, they're they're having to do a lot more work for, for less money. Right, yet that you expectation to, to live up to that same level of, of comfort that our parents had, you know, is still there. Like, there's still that expectation, yet the opportunity's not there. So, yeah, I feel what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so and and you know what? And, but there are other cases, too. Some cases, these kids, you know, these abusers have grown up their entire life watching their parents fight and watching their parents have these altercations. And, you know, men putting their hands on women or women putting their hands on men. And they don't know any different. Right. They don't think there's anything wrong with it. It took me 12 years, 12 years to realize for the very first time that what I was experiencing was actually abuse. That's when crazy. he would punch me, when he would shove me across the room, when he picked me up when I was pregnant and threw me on the floor, it took me 12 years. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Because when I was a child, I didn't know any different. That's what you witnessed growing up. It was not only what I witnessed my uncle do to my Aunt Michelle, but it was also there were certain things that happened in my lifetime, sexual abuse um, being a huge factor in that, that I didn't know what it was like to live a normal life without abuse because that connection for me was broken at four years old. It was just always a part of your life. It was always a part of my life. And a lot of people today who are still stuck in these situations who can't get out or feel like they can't get out have the same, you know, association. Right. It's always been a part of their lives. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. You know, and then, and it just. So, so, so you, you broke out of it after 12 years. Yeah. Though, what, what, what clicked that, that you were, that you realized this isn't the way it should be? It wasn't actually that something clicked. What it was, was November 16th of 2013, the day before my 12-year anniversary to my husband, or ex-husband now. He came home that night uh, drunk again. And for the first time, I looked at him when he came in that gate, and I go, oh, shit, my life is going to end. Like, he's going to kill me tonight. He went into my son's room, started yelling and screaming at him, locked the door, wouldn't let me in. I couldn't get him out. It just escalated from there. It went from, you know, him yelling at me not to call him a liar because I called him a liar. And then I provoked him and I called him a liar again. And then, um, you know, it, the end result was him headbutting me, pinning me to the couch so that I couldn't get up. Um, just completely destroying my cell phone so I couldn't call for help, locking me in the house after I tried to get, you know, after I got the girls out to go and call 911. Um, the police, the police showed up and he took off. So they issued a warrant for, you know, for him, whatever. Uh Um, and CPS came and showed up at my door that night. Uh I have five children. Okay. They took all of my children. Oh no. Yeah. So that's a big wake-up call. That was a huge wake-up call. And from there, oh, gosh, for the next two months, I'd say, maybe a month and a half, okay? I didn't want to live anymore. I had nothing to focus on anymore. I had nothing. My kids were gone. I was so alone. I was by myself. You know, I... I was completely lost. My identity was completely ripped away from me. I didn't know who I was anymore. I had lost the one person that I had strived so hard to be my whole life. Well, and suddenly, whether or not it was abusive, it was what you knew as life was suddenly gone. Right. And abuse or no abuse, I still loved him. I was still head over heels in love with him. I still wanted him back. I still wanted our life back. Right. You know, and that's actually, that's, that's a common behavior for people, you know, who actually have been in this and experienced this, you know, in their life. And, you know, so my family started reaching out to me. I wanted to hear none of it. My friends were reaching out to me. I wanted to hear none of it. You know, at that point, I was so low, believing that everything was, in fact, my fault. You know, because as a kid, I was teased by my brother. I was made fun of, told that it was my fault. You know, if I didn't dress like a slut, I wouldn't have gotten, you know, it just horrible things, you know, which were lies. But I believed them, you know. And uh, somebody in that, you know, you just, you, I started there's just no other explanation for it other than I, I believe the lies. You know, I believe that everything was my fault. I believe that I was the one that, that made it all happen, you know? Right. 
I think that that well, that's I think the majority of the time why people stay there. They just believe the lies. They absolutely sorry. They absolutely do. You know, and then miraculously, a, a kid, a young kid. I say young because I'm thirty. I'm thirty. I'm now thirty-seven. I was thirty-five at the time, and this kid was, you know, just he just turned eighteen. Okay. So to me, he's, oh, kid. he's a kid. He's a, yeah. To me, he's a kid. You know, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I promise. I understand you're eighteen. He's doing great things. You know, um, this specific person had come into the business in which my parents worked, and he was doing and or you know hosting an event um, called Operation Skid Row. And he was looking for volunteers to help him wrap gifts. And it was simple little gifts for a place in L.A. called Skid Row. You know, it's like uh-huh. the biggest, the largest homeless community that right. there is out there. Yep. Well, God knew my heart. I'll tell you that much. Because the minute he said, hey, there's people that, you know, are less fortunate than you. This is what we're doing for them. I was in. I went and I went and started wrapping gifts for them. I would take breaks, go out to the parking lot, smoke a cigarette, cry my eyes out and pretend like I wasn't crying. You know, I'd come back in and wipe my eyes and, you know. (laughs) Were were you you crying for the shit going on in your own life or were you crying for what you were seeing on Skid Row? Selfishly, I was crying for myself because I missed my husband. I missed my kids. No, that's okay. It's not selfish. I mean, that's what was... It is is completely (laughs) selfish, you know, but I wouldn't back down and I wouldn't not go and help for this organization, you know, for them trying to help the homeless. There was, I was there, you know, I was not going to stop. Right. You know, so I would, you know, I would just wipe my tears and sniffle my nose and wipe my bullets on my sleeve and back the door. (laughs) (laughs) What's, what's cool though is how you were like, because a lot of people don't do this. And I think this is kind of unique to your story is you kind of filled that hole that had been ripped out of you at that moment. Most people fill that with, you know, dark stuff and they, they, you know, they turn to, to darker things and you were filling that hole with service and, you know, and, and help, helping. And I think that's, that's cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I am very big on helping other people. I have always put Deanna on the back burner and she's always been second. If there's, because there's always somebody out there to, in my opinion, okay, there's always, there's always somebody out there who has it harder than you did, you know, and those people are at, you know, one point or another in your position and what I have to stop and I put myself in their shoes and I go, man, you know what? I remember when I felt like that and what I would have gave at that moment to have somebody say, Hey. You know, how is your day going or how are you today? You know, or just mm-hmm. smile. Right. You know, and not having that done for me, I understand the value of it and what it means. So for me, I'm not happy unless I'm helping somebody else. If I'm not out, right you know, reaching out to somebody else in some way, my soul is so empty, so completely empty. Like, I don't even know. That's cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're a light worker. That's just inherent. It's the only thing that I can associate it with is being a light worker and being on this extraordinary journey. I have always been an empath, you know. 
Um, I didn't really understand the true definition of what that meant um, until two years ago. I started looking up empath. I started hearing about all these things or reading all these things on the internet about being, you know, sensitive. And I always, I always felt like I just didn't fit in here. You know, like I'm walking this strange place, which we call earth, which is supposed to be our home, but yet I don't fit in with anybody. Right. You know? Right. And I started reading these, these stories and studies that they had actually done out there, you know, through UCLA and stuff. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. And I go, oh, my God, this is this is totally me. You know, like I always knew I was different, but people look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, you know, and I would try to explain it to people and they look at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm going, gosh, can't you just can't you just, you know, open yourself up to feel, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, because for us as an empath, you know, like my, my senses are heightened, you know, my sense of touch, touch, especially is one of the bigger ones is that, you know, what feels, I, I can't explain it to anybody other than, you know, when I walk into a room, if somebody's energy is off, it's like walking into a brick wall. Right. Yep. That's the only way that I know how to explain it to people for them to understand. And then they go, huh, you know, and then they actually stop and think about it for a second. And then they'll look at me like I'm crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> is, this, yeah. is, is this something that started happening when you were still with your ex-husband or is this something that like really you needed to separate from him before that like this part of you could like manifest? This was something that I experienced as a child that I knew was always there. But being with my husband, I could not tell him the truth. I couldn't be my authentic self and who right. I really, truly was in front of him. I had to hide who I was, you know, and basically, you know, like the inner me, my whole marriage. Right. You had to mute your own voice and right. just be the voice he wanted to hear. Right. To make him happy. Exactly. So, you know, after make, you know, having this huge life altering moment and, and, you know, events, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I got to make it sound somewhat, exciting, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> um, you know, I've just become more in tune and more in touch with my, you know, my true self and the person that I want to be, you know, and it's the most liberating thing in the world that I've ever experienced. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and um, I definitely want to talk with you more off the air, though. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll explain later. You'll understand. <laughs> okay, we will. <laughs> Get the whole story. So. <laughs> the whole story. So, so, so how did you, so you, you left your husband, or were you, th this event happened and you were kind of forced to leave him and which was the best thing that could have ever happened to you was being forced to leave him, whether you loved him or not. So how did you, what did you do? How did you get over that? How did you, you're, you're at, you're, you're volunteering uh, to wrap presents and, and you're crying in the parking lot. <laughs> how do you, how did you get from there to here? <laughs> you know, baby steps, um, one day at a time at first. And then I realized that was just far too much for me. So then it turned into, 
you know, one hour at a time. And then I quickly realized that I couldn't do an hour at a time. Then after that, I go, okay, you know what, one minute at a time. And that was suitable for me, that I could handle. From one minute to the next, I could finally go, okay, you know what, for the next minute, this is how I'm going to do this. You know, and that's how I had to live for quite a while. You know, I spent, when this person um, that I volunteered for actually finally came to the forefront and I was introduced to him by my parents, I had spent literally three weeks on my mother's living room floor. I couldn't get up. I didn't want to get up. I cried. My eyes were so puffy. They burned. They hurt. They were red. I couldn't stop crying. I didn't want to eat. I couldn't sleep. I kept having nightmares. It was just, it was horrible. Just horrible. You know? I'm sorry that happened to you. You know what? It's okay. And I'm kind of not because now I've been through it. And if there's somebody out there listening that may be experiencing it, you know, reach out to somebody. You know, post my post my email. They can send me an email. Okay. You know, my P.O. box, they can send me a letter. You know, you need somebody to be there for you, I'll be there for you. Right on. That's you'll you'll be the person that you didn't have. I will be that person. Come, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what it takes. I'll figure out a way, you know. So like I said, you know, it, it very quickly turned into one minute at a time. Um, I finally rolled out of bed one morning and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to go to my church. I miss my church. I miss going and praising and, you know, praising God and, and joining in in worship. And I, I want to go to church. So I got up and I went to church. And <clears throat> I started to realize that it gave me that extra pep in my step that I needed, you know, to get up out of bed the next day. That's good. You know, so I go, okay, Lord. And I, I start praying and talking to God more. Now, prayer looks different for everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. Me, I look like literally the crazy woman standing, you know, sitting on the curb somewhere because here I'm having this <laughs> conversation, which, you know, to everybody else is to myself. But in reality, I'm talking to God. I'm having a full on conversation with him. <laughs> on the on the gutter? Yeah. It didn't matter where it was. Where it could you have been were? You know, under a tree, on a swing. <laughs> it didn't matter. I walked around literally having a conversation with God, you know. But the beautiful part about that is, is he opened me back up, you know, to the empath part of me, which is the energies around me that were so beautiful and so amazing. I've had some extraordinary things happen that I can't, I can't explain to anybody. Because you don't think people would believe it or because you don't know how to explain it. There's not words. You know, I... There are words, you know, I don't think that people will get the true serenity of it, you know, of everything that actually, you know, of how it happened. Um, I'll share one with you in just a second, actually. Okay. Uh, Good. I'm you know, but at the same time, you know, 
people will think I'm crazy. Nobody's going to think you're crazy. Nobody listening to this will think you're crazy. Okay. (laughs) You know what? It's okay if they do because the more they get to know me and the more that they read about me on my blog, they'll understand that I'm really not crazy. (laughs) Anybody anybody who who would think you're crazy has already stopped listening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so be open. You're in good company here. (laughs) Okay. Well, I had been doing really well. Um, I had gotten into some counseling, um, reached out through resources through victim services um, at, you know, the present location where I was at at that time. Um, So I was going to a support group for domestic violence survivors and, you know, doing all these things that I was supposed to be doing, including working a job as a caregiver. And... There came a point where I quit that job. Uh, I didn't go back to that job. Uh, I was at home, and I had been down for about a week. My anxiety shot through the roof. Uh, I couldn't stop crying. I was bummed out, and I just, you know, I couldn't. I felt like I was sinking again. So I grabbed my headphones, and I grabbed my phone, And I put on this meditation, this guided meditation I found on YouTube. You know, uh, I wish I could remember the lady's name that was on that that meditation, but she was amazing. And I'm I'm a very visual person. So when you say something to me, I can actually visualize it in my head. And sometimes I'll let out a chuckle. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's just how I work. So guided. I know exactly what you mean. That you know, they're very, they're very beneficial for me, you know, personally. And she took me through this journey. And in this journey, I was in an open meadow. And I had on, you know, this beautiful floor length, you know, sundress that was very cool. There was a slight breeze. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. And in the middle of this meadow was a, a blanket. And it was hanging on a, like a clothesline. And as I got closer to this blanket, she's, you know, this is the journey she's taking me on. I noticed that the edges around the blanket were frayed. And these, you know, areas where they were frayed were parts of my life that were broken and needed healed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as I walk up to it, I kneel down in front of it and I grab the needle that's, you know, wonderfully provided for me there and i start conveniently exactly (laughs) Um, i start taking this needle and these frayed strands that are that are you know gently blowing in the breeze and weaving them back into my blanket which is my life and the ones that are no longer serving me that i don't need to keep anymore I cut off and let go. And as I'm doing this, I get to a certain moment and I start to sob and I start to cry because I had these specific memories come back. You know, the biggest one for me was my husband. And for me, it was, you know, I tried so hard to recover from the childhood abuse that I had, that I had received. 
only to marry my abuser, to marry the one that would later on rape me, to marry the one that would later on put his hands on me in an unloving way. You know, and I just started to sob. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. And I have my eyes closed and I have my arm, you know, like my elbow draped over my eyes. And all of a sudden, it was just amazing. It was, it was like this energy just appeared right next to me, standing next to me by the couch. And it was so warm and electrifying and loving and peaceful and tranquil. It was surreal. It was, it was beautiful. And next thing I know, I felt a kiss. Like this person, this angel, this energy, you know, whatever that looks like to somebody, leaned over and kissed me and said, hey, I love you. Nice. You know? And... A couple of days later, after that experience, I tried to tell my mom about it. And, of course, you know, that was just a terrible idea. <laughs> you know? no, no, don't tell your mom about them, about yeah, your spiritual experiences. Totally not going to anymore. Like, you know, I'm just like, okay, forget it. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a couple of days later, I found that I, I couldn't get this experience out of my mind. I couldn't, I, there, there was no way for me to out, you know, like openly describe it to somebody. And who do I have in my circle that I can tell? No one. (laughs) (laughs) What was I thinking? You know? Yeah. So I just kept thinking about that moment and I kept reaching up and touching my lips because I just could not believe it wasn't that I couldn't believe, but it wasn't, it, it was that I didn't know until that very moment how worthy I was to be loved and to be kissed out of love. You know, and I just, I, I would, I would sit there and I would, I would reflect on that moment and I would think about it and I would just start smiling, you know, and I couldn't mm-hmm. stop. And then I would touch my lips, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. Like, that, that really just happened. Oh my gosh. Oh, and I could, I had nobody to tell. So I wrote it down in my journal. <laughs> so it's there. <laughs> so <laughs> it's there. <laughs> so it happened. You wrote it in your journal. It happened. That there's no one to tell. But you know, as you're talking, as you're telling, telling this, I almost think that that glowing, warm angel energy was you finally like loving yourself and and becoming worthy of your own your own love that's 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 what was popping into my head as you were talking about like oh this the angel is you (laughs) that's what i wanted to this scream out i think i think it was your own like you're like because you're finally becoming worthy realizing you're worthy of loving and being loved i think that was your own acceptance of your own your own energy at that point you know, it, you know, it could have been, and my perception could be off. You know, it, well, no, it, it, because we're all we're all we're all the one energy. So I mean, I'm sh- it was an angel guided energy to you, but I think it was also powered from yourself. I think that was probably the moment that 
you opened yourself up to love yourself as well as letting other people love you. It actually was, because let me tell you what happened. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a couple of days later, I just kept reflecting and I couldn't stop smiling. You know, and I, I fell in love with the word of God and I fell in love with Jesus Christ. You know, I absolutely believe in him, you know, and I started walking around. I had absolutely. Okay. Maybe I did have a few reasons that I could walk, you know, like, like really consciously walk around and smile, but nothing like that for me, you know? And for me, it was a, a very pivotal moment because for me, it was like that eye opening moment where, Hey, like you said, you do deserve to be loved. Love yourself if nobody else will. You know, because every day I was faced with the ridicule and, and family members, you know, saying that I was just weird. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what family members are there for. Right. I'm like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, but from that moment, I promise you, it was like, it was like everywhere I went, I was on a cloud. I was just frolicking in the clouds, walking down the street, you know? Yeah, that's a cool <laughs> like feeling. <laughs> when, all, when everything lifts off. Yeah, when everything, when the burdens lift off of your shoulders and you are truly set free from, from it, it's just, it, it's amazing. Yeah, the transition cool. that I went through at that moment was just phenomenal. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, like I can't even, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I think it goes back to, we were talking earlier about, you know, like letting things go, like what you let go versus like what you keep as part of you, you know? And like that, those are the, the, the things that you went through and that's how you become that. That was, that's kind of the same thing as you were weaving back those th- strands back into the, the, the blanket was it's it's like which ones do you let become part of you and which ones do you kind of let go and then like once they are part of you then you can be okay with it because it's not like this outside force against you now it's part of you yeah so sorry i'm just having some of my own epiphanies as i'm listening no no no, to no, no you're fine no you're you're fine i promise <laughs> it is i am okay with it okay. <laughs> No, in fact, it's it's great to hear somebody else's insight and to actually share, you know, be able to share my experience and then, you know, have you come back with your insight and your viewpoint on it. You know, it's 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 amazing. Well, I think we're both uh, strong enough empaths that we're just we, I, it's easy for me to just step into your shoes. So I'm just I'm just experiencing it. What happened to you with my perspective? So it's a little bit it'll be a little skewed but <laughs> well that's okay thank you yeah. for that because i think it's great <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> i really do i really really do no it's cool it's really cool i think i just i can i'm vibing with everything you're saying <laughs> it's all clicking all right well let's get our baba all right <laughs> Wait, we already we already are <laughs> so so then what not to put you, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the story. Then what? <laughs> well, um, went through, you know, some more experiences and events and um, 
finally was able to get into a domestic violence shelter uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, from there, I was homeless. Um, from there, I went into a homeless shelter. <laughs> well, so, so much for this enjoyable the story I was enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. We gotta. You just you wouldn't know what to do if your if your life wasn't a roller coaster. You know what? I don't think that I would. I've never had a normal life without some kind of craziness going on. So if it wasn't hard for me to obtain where I'm at right now, I don't think I would know what to do with it. If it came easy, I wouldn't recognize it. Yeah. Well, if it came <laughs> easy, you, if it came easy, you wouldn't need it. Right. <laughs> so, um. I was finally getting back on my feet. I got another, you know, I had gotten a job. Um, I was taking care, you know, helping to take care of my grandma. Um, she had gotten super sick. Um, she just, you know, my grandpa recently passed away in December. Um, she was giving up. Um, they needed, you know, the family needed somebody to be there with her. I needed somewhere to live. Um, I then was able very quickly to find a job. Um, you know, so that I could pay rent there and stuff and things were going great, you know, and she was just like, you could see that she was depressed. And I kept asking her if she wanted to have coffee. You know, I started, I started focusing more on her rather than what I didn't have that I wanted to have at that point. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I started, you know, just focusing on her, the changes that she was having, making sure and letting the nurses know when they would come in and, you know, letting Jackie know, which is, which is, uh, you know, my sister and just all these little things and things are going great. You know, we've worked things out. Grandma's getting up and walking better. And I'm, you know, using this, like, um, it's a holistic spray. It has eucalyptus and tea tree oil. And it's really good for like a, a local, like a, a anesthetic. Okay. So I'm spraying it on her knee a couple of times a day. She needs a, a, a to complete knee replacement, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like rubbing it into her knee and stuff. Not that you need all these details, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and she had, she had said something to me, you know, and we had gotten on the subject about religion for some reason. I can't even remember how, how the conversation sparked. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what, grandma? I said, my prayer for you is, I said, my prayer for you is not that God will will heal your knee. That's too much for this world. Yeah. <laughs> but my prayer is that he'll heal it enough that it's tolerable for you to walk. You know, and for the next two or three weeks, she's up moving around, walking with little to no pain. And I go, oh, that is amazing. That yeah. Is awesome. You know, yeah. I think it's I think it's important to not get greedy in your prayers. And not ask for the for miracles that will never happen. Like they, and then and then you usually end up better than you what what you ask for if you if you're just humble. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, things were going well, and we had come to an agreement on rent and how much I was going to pay. Well, a year ago, before I went into the shelter, the domestic violence shelter, I had noticed some strange things happening. Um, I was getting yelled at by my parents saying, quit putting your cigarettes out by the car. You know, there are cigarette butts on the ground and I'm going, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I was noticing that my car was being unlocked. 
And I know that I locked it the night before. Well, at my grandmother's, um, I had noticed, uh, you know, just some weird things happening or whatever. And, um, some very intuitive things were happening. Um, people that, you know, that I was seeing and then all of a sudden they would appear, you know, and it would be like, I would be laying down meditating and I would have a vision or something and they would, I would see that person later. Okay. Okay. Well, I had just, I had the night before I had gone up and I went and got um, hot dogs for dinner because that's what grandma wanted. And I thought, Hey, Mm -hmm. what the heck? No big deal. Why not? You know, I'll go to Burger King, go up and get her hot dog. And that's what we had for dinner. It was about eight o'clock at night and I'm sitting in the chair and I'm watching TV and I I look over and I realize, Oh, you know what? My car's out front. I'm going to set my alarm to make sure I set it. So bam, I do it. Right. And it, Uh it beeps, you know, cause the the alarm sets on it or whatnot. Uh Well, the following morning I woke up and my car was unlocked and I walked around to the passenger side and I looked down on the ground and a cigarette was put out on the ground next to my car again. And I go, hmm, I remember this happened a year ago. I journaled about it. What is going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What was going on? Well, I very quickly went in and got a Ziploc bag, a little plastic bag that had like a phone charger in it. Uh-huh. And I grabbed my tweezers and I picked up that cigarette butt and I stuck it in that plastic bag and I zipped it closed. Took it inside, wrote down on the bag, the date, the time that I found it, I put, this is not mine, is this Chris? This person would be my ex-husband. You know, is there a possibility that he's stalking me again? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, could it be somebody else? <laughs> sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it became very real for me at that very moment. Uh, so that is what actually led to my relocation. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so do you, did you find out who it was or did you just? Um, I know that... Um, I, I don't know who it was. I know that I asked um, for them to have it, the you know, have it tested the D- for the DNA test or whatever to see if they get any hits back or anything like that. Um, but I know that that's a process and takes a while. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of ongoing at the moment. <laughs> so, you, so you didn't wait for any answers to the questions. You just oh, did no, the no, smart no, no, thing no. and got out of there. No, I had to get out of there very yeah. quickly yeah. because I knew at that very moment that I was found. Um, and that it was going to be imperative that I got out of there. About a week prior to this event happening and me actually leaving, I was standing in the living room and I was looking out the window and I was just kind of staring off into space because that's how I connect sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of stare off and I just listen, you know, real close. Yeah. That's just, that's how some of us, that's how I work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And as I was doing this, I look to my left And at that very moment, I hear, you have to get out of here. And I go, you have to leave. And I just knew instantly that my life was about to be in danger. Yeah. Yeah. You don't don't question that voice. Oh, hell no, I don't. Sorry for lack of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I did. No, no. Say whatever you want. (laughs) Like at that moment, I was like, okay, it's almost time. All right. You know. And I didn't stick around to find out if he was going to kill me, yeah. whoever it was. 
you know, or find out who it was. I just knew I packed only what I needed, a duffel bag full of clothes, important documents I may need, and I was out of there. How long ago was this? Um, this was actually um, a month ago. Oh, okay. So really, really. Oh, yes. Really, 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 really fresh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So this is still something that you're dealing with, like, on a daily basis. Yes. It's not really something you can let go and leave in your past. It's kind of something that keeps popping up in the moment. Person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's scary. You know, it's, it, I guess to some it would be. But for me, at this point, like where I'm at right now, I know that I'm safe. You know, at mm-hmm. this point, my location is protected. You know, um, from a legal standpoint, from any other standpoint you want to look at it, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right, right. You know, like it's protected. And so now I can actually be my authentic, my, you know, authentic self and I don't have to be afraid. And, yeah. it, you know, I've, I've been in this new location for a couple of weeks now. Um, and nobody knows where I am. Okay. That's you okay. Know? And and that's okay. But is it a, is are you is it a lonely place to be, where you're kind of hidden away from everybody? No, you know what? It, it's taken like I said, I've been here for a couple of weeks now. Okay, mm-hmm. the first week was really hard because I have always been or tried to be that person that was very involved with other people, reaching out, volunteering, helping in some way. You know, right. very hard to go, okay, you know what? I can't do that right now. I have to stop for a minute Yeah. and just take it, you know, take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, Smart. But, you know, in doing that, the last couple of weeks, I have been watching more, vi- excuse me, more videos, you know, and stuff like that on YouTube, a lot of your, your, your podcast, actually. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Know, you. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and, um, you know, just trying to make more connections with people via social media. Right. Um, that's a, that's so that a it, nice, safe place. Yeah. Well, for now. Safe, safer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For so now, it's, it's not it's, so much it's, physically. It's, you know, this is where I've, where I've got to be. Yeah. You know, but um, I started getting in touch actually too with my more creative side. I'm very, very much into art and different crafting projects and different. I have so many of these ideas, you know, that are just trapped in my head that I like. I look at something and I go, man, you know what? I could do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's my therapy to myself. Yeah. Whether it's sitting down and writing, which I love to do, or it's doing something crafty or making a piece of jewelry or playing with somebody's hair and makeup or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, that's my therapy. And the last week I've actually sat down and done a couple of pieces where I've been like, Oh, Hey, look, you know? Yeah. So oh, cool. Just getting back in touch with that. In fact, if um, you could go check it out, Mark on my Instagram, um, I have a project that I actually did for somebody else who is a motivational speaker, but he's from the younger generation, you know, so he's a younger, a younger kid and his slogan is trust and love. And I just did a fabric mosaic piece that eventually. I think I saw that on there. Yeah. It was the start of it, right? 
Yeah, it was the yeah. start of it. I yeah. just did that. And I, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I was like, oh, look, a fabric mosaic. I'd never thought about doing fabric mosaic before. You know, I love doing mosaic projects. I, I just love mosaic, you know, and I loved – I just – I can't get enough of it. And I thought, okay, well, what can I do, you know, that, that wouldn't be so heavy to ship to somebody if I wanted to send somebody a gift? Right, <laughs> you know? right yeah. you got to keep it under 13 ounces. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've learned that one the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting in touch with that more creative side, and it's helping me because today – you know, I actually woke up feeling really good about myself. You know, hey, there are really good attributes that I have. You know, yeah. absolutely. I, I don't. I mean, I, I haven't. Don't really know you before this conversation, but it's like you seem great to me. <laughs> I don't like, like, like I don't. I can't. Like, it seems like any kind of. I, I mean, I'm sure you're. You're. You're also good at. Uh, uh, coping with it and dealing in the public, but like you just seem like like I, like all these things you're telling me, I can't believe that you went through. You just seem so positive and and full of light. You know why? First, first and foremost, for me, it's because of God. God lives in me. He buried Himself in my heart so deep that there's nobody that can take him. Like, nobody can touch that. That's mine. Right. You know, my faith in a higher power, in God, whatever, you know, everybody calls it something different, mm -hmm. you know, is mine. And nobody can touch it. And there have been very pivotal moments in my life where I know that he has carried me. And he's proven it. Right. You know? Right. And it's, it's the same as somebody that says they, they trust the universe. You know, it's the same thing. Exactly. Trust, you know, you put your trust out there that... The, the higher power is going to guide you through. Exactly. And having gone through 12 years of my life, being head over heels in love with somebody just so dedicated to that person, but it not, you know what I mean? But it being completely wrong, mm -hmm. but still having that dedication to him anyway. And then only to realize that what he had done to me over the years, you know, was abused me. If I can make it through that, this other episode that I just had ain't nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if I can make it through that 12 years and I'm still here alive to talk about it after the multiple times that he came home wanting to kill me, like, I'm, go I'm good. Well, and like, and, yeah, and like you said, like you said earlier, too, that you believed this lie. It was a lie that you believed in. Mm -hmm. And right. to believe in, like... Like to go that long into your life and suddenly realize this whole thing was a lie is a lot to overcome in and of itself, no matter what it is. I was going to say that, that was traumatizing all in itself. Yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> words can't even express. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, to sit there and go, man, the one person that I trusted, you know, I trusted him with my life more than I trusted myself. Right. To know that he was my abuser. Mm -hmm. You know, that he would later, you know, be my rapist. <laughs> that he would be this horrible person. Mm -hmm. It was devastating. 
Oh, it was the biggest blow I've ever taken in my life. I have to say. Well, I have to say that for only two years, you're you sure have have uh, found a way to turn things around. At least as far as your your attitude and your your just just what you radiate and broadcast as as who you are. You know, it's 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 unfortunate that that you weren't allowed to be this person your whole life because like this is the person that like I would want to be around. You know. <laughs> You know, it's one of those things where I, I've been told by so many people that the, you know, that, that I walk into a room and I change the atmosphere, Yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. and I'm actually starting to believe that. And a couple of times I've actually seen it and I go, oh, no, <laughs> you know, like, like total disbelief. Right. But you actually see it for the first time and you go, oh my gosh. Where have I been hiding all of this time? Yeah, you know? all those years. You yeah. could have just been like this. <laughs> exactly. And of course, you know, my heart, of course, my, my heartstrings are pulling towards our youth, our younger generations. Yeah. You know, and if I could, you know, somehow, some way, there will, there will come a time when I will be able to reach out to our youth. And start making a difference, you know, start making an impact on their lives, encouraging them, giving them the tools that they need. You know what I mean? To, mm -hmm. to, to take that giant step out into the real world when they graduate high school, because, man, it is nothing like your parents say it is. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay? They've no. got you in this little protected bubble. They got you wrapped in bubble wrap. Like, you know, it's not real. Like when yeah. you come out of high school, <laughs> that bubble pops. <laughs> yeah. And they just expect you to know to know. Right. It's, it's like it's like. What do you mean you thought it was that way? You mean you you thought it was what I told you it was going to be all along? You fool! <laughs> and then they leave you high and dry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. but I just figured I, I I have to start start like start sharing my story, start getting it out there, start letting people know. You know, this is what I'm going through. Yeah, you know, so, I'm not afraid to share it with people because I want them to know, hey, you know what? You're not alone. Good. Yeah. And you should you should be sharing it because I, I think you're, you've got such a, a a great, strong, confident. It's a really confident voice to hear the story that you're telling. It's it's like coming from this confident voice is is kind of what like makes it digestible, I think, you know, because right. usually it's like it's like a story of tragedy. You're like, oh, oh, but like the way you tell it. It's, it's like these, like you feel like you could over, like anyone, like, okay, well, I can overcome anything. Like, look at what she's overcome. Right. And, and you just have such a great voice. Like, I don't think it'll, I think it's just a matter of time before you're standing in front of a crowd of people and helping people and helping young people. Yeah, I, I absolutely accept that 100%. And I believe you wholeheartedly because that is my, my mission, really. Yeah. You know, and, through every tragedy is a triumph no matter what no matter how big no matter how small right it's and you have to recognize that you have to you have to be able to to realize that the it's it's really it's really rare that somebody recognizes the triumph after the tragedy usually we get so hung up on the tragedy mm -hmm. that yeah we that's get true. stuck in it that's so. true you know, so, you know, I, I got to come up with some innovative way, creative way, which I could do. I could do that. I could totally you're, do that. You're going to do it. <laughs> you know, to actually. I don't you think know, you have a choice. 
I don't have a choice. Like it's it's in my DNA. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I, I you can feel it. It's like a a geyser about to burst. I know. I feel it bubbling. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming through the headset. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's it's awesome. This is awesome. Um, I mean, I it's 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 kind of weird to say this is awesome with the the uh, story, but no, it's it's just great to see that the, the way that you're laugh you can laugh about yourself, I guess. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I always tell people <laughs> that I enjoy talking to myself. <laughs> it's a really great conversation, and hey, I am super funny. Who <laughs> <laughs> you went really? Really? And so, but like, you're, you're willing to help people. So like, if somebody wants to like read, like if there's, cause I know there are people that are like, that recognize that they're in an abusive situation and are just coming to terms with the fact that they've been lied to, but it's still such a scary thing, you know, even when you realize it. So how, how can somebody get a hold of you? If there is anybody out there listening right now, that recognizes or thinks that they might be in a, a, a situation like this where abuse is happening, but they're just not quite sure, or they know for sure that they are and they just don't know how to get out. They can email me at um, elizabethkchambers at gmail.com. Okay. It's all one word? All one word. Okay. Um, they can also, if they prefer snail mail, which some people do, you want to sit down and write a letter because you're afraid that or you don't have internet access or something. Um, you can most certainly send it to my PO box. Um, it's PO box one, one, four, three. And that would be in Camarillo, California. Nine, three, zero, one, one. And then of course on Instagram, of course, yes, you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I follow you. Um, yeah. My Instagram is um, Deanna. It's D-E-A-N-N-A. Uh, and then my Snapchat. I have Snapchat. Um, and that one is Deanie26. It's D-E-E-N-I-2-6. Isn't that the same? Isn't that your Instagram as well? I think it, yeah, I think it is actually. Deanie two six. It's yeah, your Instagram and your Snap Snapchat, and I'll post okay. it. Uh, I'll post it in the uh, the description to this too, so you can find it there. And uh, yeah, anything else like um, anything else that you can think of that that uh, you want to get out there? You know, I, I really I really don't know how to encourage people to kind of break out of that shell. Um, if there was one thing that I could say, you know, at this moment is just have a little faith. Have a little faith that you reaching out today or tomorrow or a week from now and you reaching out to me is going to make a difference. We're going to get you somewhere. We're going to get you the help that you need. No matter where you are, no matter where you're from. No matter whether you're old or young or male or female, it doesn't matter. Just don't be afraid. It's beautiful. You're going to make me cry. Oh, do that. <laughs> you make me cry. 
Oh, thanks so much. Thanks so much for uh, for for carving out some time. When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through If you tell me that you love me I'll be coming back to you 